Hello everyone, welcome to King's Talk presented by Cap City Crown. This is Tony with me. As always, we've got John. We've got a couple preseason games, three, I think, preseason games under the belt now. Two more to go before the start of the regular season in just a couple weeks, or just a week, huh? Yeah, just about a week. That's crazy, like a week and a day. Man, it's approaching quickly. But, I mean, 0-3 in the preseason, is it time to blow it up? <laughs> hey, you know what? They came so close with that overtime game on fucking Sunday. The thing that really made me mad was the fact that they even went to overtime. Yeah. That should not be allowed in the preseason. No. Not I mean, on a 6.30 game on a Sunday. I was beat. I was tired. It was a long weekend. I was like, Jordan Ford just, dude. Sails into the lane and just scores a layup. I'm like, kick it out. And you know what I hate about that, too? I don't really hate it because whatever. But, like, damn, this was probably a big moment. He's like, it's my hometown team. I'm sending them to OT, clutch shot. And I'm just like this. Oh, They're just rolling their eyes. Dude. Are yeah, you, work in the morning. I think even, like, you could tell, like, Mark Jones and Richard Jefferson especially were like, Oh, man, five more minutes of basketball. I know. Richard Jefferson was making jokes about going home. <laughs> yeah. He said something about like, the rough or he something. Was, he was talking a lot. You really couldn't hear a lot from Mark Jones. So it was a nice change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. Still not as good as Kyle Draper and Katie, but, I mean. Kyle Draper. I have a thing about Kyle Draper. Kyle Draper looks just like the Flex Seal guy. <laughs> they have the same physiognomy in the face. I need I need to look at like, it. Like, look at the Flex, the Flex Seal guy Seal? and... Uh, I just Kyle Draper right next to it. Make a post. No, you need to do the <laughs> thumbnail. Oh yeah, <laughs> since the thumbnail is going to be Kyle uh, Draper and the flex, yeah. <laughs> the white. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I got flex seal. I was just watching. Oh a, they had a commercial God. on during the game where he was like on a boat where they like flex seal it out, but it was clearly like animated. It was like all like CGI, but like really poorly. Did you see the? <laughs> it's all funny. Did you see the, um, dang, they really do. They have the same nose. Yeah, and the same wide face and yeah, jowls. Yeah, that's hilarious. And they kind of smile similarly. Yeah. They look so similar. They really do. Do you see that one commercial before the game? It's called, like, Poof or something? Uh, it was, like, a cleaning product? I, I want to say it was, like, cleaning slash, like, air disinfectant. I don't remember. But it was on for... I, I, that was I, a long commercial. It was, like, five minutes. Yeah. I thought, like, I'm like, did I turn it to the wrong station? Because I think I walked out, the, walked out of the room and then walked back in. I'm like, are they playing it again? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it was. I, yeah, I, I, I still don't know. I think it was called Poof. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of TV unless I'm watching football or Kings basketball. And it's just, like, whenever I do, I'm just like, what the hell is happening to this world? <laughs> what is going on? I have no idea. But bat football, I mean, Niners fans around here. How you feeling? You, can't, you know what? I, I think I think you got to lose one game because if you go undefeated, you're not you're going to end up like the Patriots and losing the Super Bowl. That's true. But you know what? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Jake Moody, Jake Booty, Jake Booty, kicking it in the butt. That's uh, that's rough go. Yeah, I think we're going to dedicate the first 20 minutes to every podcast to just recapping what happened to the 49ers. <laughs> 49ers and our lives. Kyle Shanahan, let's call three straight pass plays with a one-point lead in the fourth quarter. Because that's all we that's always that always works, you know. And McCaffrey got hurt, huh? Yeah, I told you that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean. But and Debo got hurt, too, so it was just like. I know. Great. He's on your fantasy team. Yeah, that's what I was mad about. Dang it! <laughs> How about you hurt? I, didn't I, don't, I don't know. I haven't looked up... Uh, the report at the start of the week or anything like that um, but who knows who knows this yeah. is not good if any of that's McCa- I mean McCaffrey not seeing an oblique injury is not an injury but I mean how many football players do you know missing weeks because of an oblique injury so I, what's going to get him is a late season ACL <laughs> yeah I mean I mean he's had injury issues in the past, so Yeah, he's had many injury issues in the past. That's why I mean, obviously I don't agree with my take when they originally traded for him, but I was like, why are they gonna trade for a guy when you know Kyle Shanahan's gonna use the hell out of him and get him hurt? That's true. He does use the hell out of him too. Yeah. But I mean he looks really good. I mean looked like an MVP. Yeah. I mean he has a touchdown on what, fifteen straight games? 
Did he score a touchdown yesterday? He did. He did. score on the first drive? First drive, yeah. I didn't watch the first part of the game. I slept in. I hate 10 a.m. games. <sighs> I always miss the first bit. I really, I wish just every game was like Sunday night time. That'd be awesome. Like 5.30, like great. That's perfect. That's a great thing to so, eat in front of the right? TV, watching football. Sunday, I don't mind sometimes wasting my Sunday just at home watching football, but I'm like, well, we always Sometimes used to say one this, o'clock game. We always used to say it about baseball day games. Like a one o'clock game, it just like ruins your day. Yeah, you go from the early afternoon to the early evening. Yeah, just like what happened? Yeah, now the most productive part of the day yeah. is gone. At least like yeah, at least the ten o'clock games like it's over. Like I have my like I can go do something. I'm like That's I'm not gonna true. leave the house at four thirty on a Sunday no, with work tomorrow. I'm like tired. We gotta put on the six thirty Kings game. Yeah. <laughs> I know, back-to-back Sundays with the Kings preseason, huh? Mm-hmm. So that's right. Yeah, it's like great. That's kind of crazy. The Toronto game was just a week ago. I feel like it's been longer. I know. It really does. feels like it was It feels so like it's been ago. like two weeks. That's something like we've only had three games. Yeah. And even like opening day being a week away feels so far. Yeah. It's like it it's only a week. Yeah. That was kind of cool, those first two preseason games. You play at the Rogers Arena in Vancouver. And then, and then we play at Anaheim. Yeah, I didn't realize we were playing at Anaheim, yeah. Is that where the Ducks play? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's where the Kings would have played probably the first couple Dude. seasons. And they moved down there. That's oh what I kept God. thinking about. Yeah. I was Manhattan. like, you know what? Seattle trying to yank a team. I'm like, I kind of get it. Like, Seattle deserves to have a team. But it's like, Anaheim? You're going to have a third They're going to have third basketball team in Southern California? That would have been terrible. Or Virginia Beach or something. Remember they were trying to get them? Oh, yeah, they were. And then... Is that... Where is that? In Virginia? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, it was like Manhattan Beach, right? In California. Well, yeah, that's true. And there's... Imagine um, there being a team in There's uh, also Virginia. A, a Venice, California. Yeah, going Venice going Beach. Venice. <laughs> Check out Venice. Dublin. Yeah, Dublin, California. I think there is Virginia Beach. Right? They were, they we're going for the Kings. In Southern California? No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. No, there is, it is in Virginia. Okay, yeah. But was it Virginia Beach, or am I misremembering that? No, that, that sounds right. Was, is that like in Northern Virginia? What's next for Virginia Beach over a year after targeting Sacramento Kings? Yeah. Is that Northern Virginia? Because uh, I know that's like technically a suburb of D.C., and it's one of the most populated. Like In terms of population growth, it's one of the more... Uh, I always forget decade. D.C.'s. Like Maryland and Virginia, it's like yeah. two most random states. <laughs> like right there. Yeah, it's like on the like, it's like and it's in the, the s- middle of them, right? It's yeah. like technically not in either. Yeah, and all the suburbs for it are either in Maryland or Northern Virginia. Yeah, or okay. even uh, like Delaware and stuff. Yeah, Delaware and those like Southern those- Pennsylvania. Southern Pennsylvania. I always hate those little like states up there, like New Vermont, New Hampshire. <laughs> I just hate Vermont. Dude, you know what? Somebody just Vermont just needs to like secede, like kick it out. No, no, they don't even secede. Just kick it out. Kick it out of the union. Yeah, I, what Vermont? They have like maple syrup or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vermont. that's all they're good for. Yeah, I've never met someone that was born in Vermont. No, Vermont. No, Maine. I met somebody in Maine. She didn't call me back though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maine. They I got- know. Cool. You got the you got Maine or Maine what's it called? Lobster Maine Brothers. <laughs> Maine. What's that food truck called? It's a combination of those three words. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Lobster Maine food truck or something. It's a food truck? Is it like around here? Yeah. It was on Shark Tank. Oh. And they come I wanna say it's brothers, but maybe it's not brothers. Lobster Maine lobster Maine. It's gonna drive yeah, me keep crazy. saying it. Keep saying it. It'll come to you. Lobster, but they serve lobster. I'm assuming from <laughs> Maine. <laughs> they ship out the lobster from Maine. Well, I guess Maine. I guess lobster is really only lobster. They have some lobster on the Maine. west coast, but food truck. Cousins Maine lobster. Okay, great. Yes, check them out. Not brothers. They're our new sponsor <laughs> here at Cap City Crown. Sack King Stock. <laughs> We're going to do an ad read for yeah, Lobster Maine. Go, go to Lobster Maine, say the word Cap City Crown, you get half off your yeah, order. Tell them Tony and John sent you. Yeah. They'll be like, who? <laughs> what are you talking about? Cap City Crown, 50% off. <laughs> I, I got a voucher here. I printed it out. He's ever his transcripts. He had to wait 20, 9 minutes, 40 seconds to get in here. Yeah, they're just playing the video on YouTube. <laughs> they're like, no, just wait for it. It's coming up. It says it. 
<laughs> they said you're a sponsor. I wonder if you could just say that, like that. Yeah, they're our sponsor. I mean, if they're not paying you, you're giving them free advertising. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Like, check out Cousins Main Lobster. Cousin, yeah, Cousins Main Lobster. Check them out. They're usually at breweries or other places where they need food trucks. Maybe at concerts. Yeah. You know, that's not so bad. No. And if anybody wants us to be uh, do ad reads for you, if you want to be you know our sponsor, you know, just we're probably really cheap, low end. I don't know how much exposure you're gonna get, but yeah, but you could you could buy in cheap now, and then once we blow up, you know, <sighs> yeah, then you get some free because you know we're gonna remember you. Yeah, so we're, we are, just like we remembered cousin main cousins main lobster. lobster. It took I, us like ten minutes to figure that one out. Well, in my defense, I've never been. Just, Why are we recommending something we've never eaten? I'm not. I never rec. Oh, we did, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. In my defense, I didn't start off recommending it. I was just. Oh my god. <laughs> we gotta re-record the whole thing. It's my old man. <laughs> I was at a wedding the other day, and we're just like not talking about kings anymore. But uh, <laughs> some guys, like, uh, it was um, it was like a Mexican wedding, so we had like the mariachi band, like do like all the Catholic songs. And it was like nice, and it's like just like halfway through, like <laughs> like a, a Bible reading. It's like one of the guys like phones just started going off. I'm like there's always one, right? There's always one. <laughs> just the phone going off. Hey, you know what? I this phone. I don't know if you know, but sometimes it makes that like sound. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. What was that? I don't know. It's a ref- I bought it refurbished. It's an iPhone eight. <laughs> yeah, iPhone eight. Yeah, I mean it's fine. It works okay. I don't need to get a new one. But um, fair enough. <laughs> I remember when I was because uh, I went to a master's program for a week before I dropped out. Because <laughs> um, that's the type of guy I am. And uh, I had just gotten the phone. I had it on silent, and like every time it would vibrate, it just go. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember my professors being like, you need to silence your phones. I'm like, I silenced it. I don't know how to turn off the, the thing. It's terrible. It still does that. I click the home button. I'll just go. Arr! And like, if I'm out in public, people will all look at me. I think there's a way. No, I did. I figured it out. Oh, okay. Still, when I hit that home button, it's like, and people are like, is he trying to set off a bomb? Like, what the? What's this guy doing? What the hell? Oh, my God. Well. I mean, we, off of that. We've had 10 minutes with... You know, non-king stuff. A little, you know, we kind of started off with it. but This is how we separate the fans from the true fans. Yeah. If you can make it through 12 and a half minutes of that, then uh, you're I mean, die this hard. is probably more interesting than, you know, King's preseason. There are a few things that are interesting going on right now, but yeah. I mean, I'm kind of thankful that there's some interesting stuff going on in camp. Because I would have almost imagined that with them, like, bringing back the same group, that it'd be like... Oh, there's nothing to talk about. It's going to be the same old thing. I was, I was telling my wife, I'm like, thank God preseason's only like five games and training camp's like three weeks or two weeks before the season. Yeah. So imagine doing this, but like spring training. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Well, at least like with that, there's like the 40-man roster. And you're like, this kid's good, this kid's good. There's a lot of like analysis there, but it's just like, Jordan Ford ain't going to see much time in the NBA. No. Jalen Noel. It's so funny, like, or Noel. It's funny, it's like, we all, like, yeah, Nerland's Noel got cut. Like, there's another Noel on the team now. <laughs> is that how you say his name? It is Noel? That's how Mark Jones was saying it. I thought it was Noel, but... I thought, yeah, I would have guessed, like, Noel. But that's almost more clearly Noel. Cause like Norman in- Powell? Powell. Powell? Powell. <laughs> yeah, that's how we have to say it now. It's Powell. Dude, Norman Powell. Potal? <laughs> yeah, Potal. Where is he? Toronto, Toronto still? Yeah, I think he signed an extension there. Mm-hmm. Yaka Puddle, Puddle, Puddle. He playing that Toronto game? Yeah, I think he played it first. Mm. Oh, I couldn't watch it at Kings.com. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little better now because uh, did you get to watch the second one? Uh, no. I couldn't figure that one out. I think it was just on Kings.com, though. I don't know. It's been giving me issues. Yeah, I have YouTube TV, so it was on NBA TV. Yeah, so. I saw it was on NBA, but Sundays was on ESPN, so I was able to watch that. I'm not sure what the next two games are on, so. I don't think any of them are on. Uh, I know they're definitely not on ESPN, but no, they play the Lakers again on Wednesday and then Utah on Thursday. Yeah, and then we played Utah. Utah and Utah. What a weird! I don't know. I just like kicking off in Utah this year. Yeah, this seems kind of random. They were kind of talking about it because I feel like they play like all the teams are playing in preseason. They see a couple times early in the year. 
And that got brought up a couple of times in, you know, media availability after practice and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how they make the schedules. I know, we play the, we play the Warriors on Wednesday. Oh. Play the Warriors again? Yeah. Back-to-back games against the Warriors in the preseason? Yeah, this one's in the Chase Center, though. Huh. huh. It's on NBA TV, though. You get NBA TV. Yeah, I got the YouTube and TV. Thursday, so. we ended it against the Jazz on Cages. What? KJZZ. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Probably the Utah Network. Oh. No, it's at Golden One Center, though. Do you think they would say, like... Yeah. Kings.com. So they're really going to make the Kings play Utah at home for the last preseason game and then send them down to or up to Salt Lake City? Up to Salt Lake City, yeah. I guess so. That'll be fun. Salt Lake shitty? It's a a nice town, I guess. No, I'm not. I like it. There's not a lot of bars there. Not a lot going on. They're all in bed by nine. That's crazy. No but coffee. If you're a visitor, yeah, no coffee. Although, like, I, I had, a, I went to a coffee shop there. It was like one of the best cup of coffees I've ever had. Really? Like, y'all are missing out. It was like two blocks away from the temple or the big cathedral or whatever. I don't know. I guess it's the Mormon temple. Yeah, it's like the mecca for Mormons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? It's all built around that. Like everything's built around. It's like the center of the city. Really? Yeah. It's oh. interesting. No idea. It's a nice town, I guess, but you know, I was only there for like three days. I met people that were not from Utah, so it was like, that's probably why I had a good time. <laughs> I didn't actually meet anybody from Utah there. Um, yeah, you're drinking coffee. Drinking coffee, drinking beer. Um, puffing that, puffing that, uh, never mind. Um, yeah, no, Salt Lake City, that'll be fun. I'm sure the, the you know what, the, that must be one of the greatest places to go play. That if like, like imagine, like, as opposed to playing in Vegas. Like, if you're, like, on the Vegas Raiders or something like that, that's got to be the biggest freaking distraction ever. Oh, yeah. Or even L.A., New York, maybe. It's probably, like, the like the coach's favorite. It's like, guys, yeah, a curfew, and you have to enforce it. Yeah. <laughs> Salt Lake City. Like, what, are you gonna, what trouble are you going to get to in <laughs> yeah. Salt Lake City? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty straight-edge town. <laughs> so there's a lot of homeless people. Is there? Yeah. Just like any other major city in the West, I guess really that all, makes sense. all around the country, but it's gonna be a cold place to be homeless. <laughs> you think there wouldn't be homeless people since it's such a religious town? Yeah, you think they just have a bunch of shelters? But you think, you know, you know how it is. Now we're just getting into like commentary on <laughs> stuff. That's probably, there's probably like a few Mormon. Like we got Sam Merrill listening to this. <laughs> we got Jimmer, dude. Jimmer, Jim. <laughs> I mean, Jimmer's biggest fan is before me right now. Yeah, sitting in front of me. Jimmer for dead. If you're out there, if you got something going on, you could be our first sponsorship. Jimmer, Jimmer for dead. Yeah, just for dead it. Just for dead it, baby. Tony used to know the whole song. Can you sing that song still? Uh, I probably, I probably could do parts of it. It was called "Teach Me How to Jimmer," just like a rip off of "Teach Me How to Dougie." Yeah, but they made it like Jimmerized. That's yeah. That's. I love Jimmer. That's what got me back in the Kings. If you listen to this podcast enough, I've talked about it before. It also made you a good ass three point shooter. On, yeah, on the recess playground. Yeah, keep that elbow in. Jimmer started it before Steph. You know, Steph was around, around longer. Yeah, but Jimmer was hitting those deep ones. Yeah, like so I remember Steph like, and he like could shoot really well. But Jimmer was like, it was Jimmer range. Yeah, I don't think like Steph had the green light to just put up a shot until like couple years in yeah so it was his jimmer first he revolutionized the three-pointer like i don't think because i think steph played his first two seasons under don nelson i think and i don't think did don, he really i'm thinking because i don't i think mark jackson just replaced don nelson don nelson yeah like he had a second go he's terrible well he led the 2007 team mm. uh the we believe team and I think so. I think Steph, was he Utah's coach when they were good? Uh, was he? Because he's a famous coach. I don't. I don't know. I want to say he was Utah. Well, Don coach. Nelson's first go with the Warriors was really good because he led. I think he was the like way back when he was younger. I think he led them in '74. Oh, did he? Maybe I'm making that up. I really don't know. I just know Don Nelson has like the second most wins of all time. Yeah, he's Nelly. So they call him. <laughs> really, Nelly? Yeah. But I think my point is, is like I don't think I don't think Don Nelson, the great Don Nelson, was like, yeah, kid, just fucking shoot wherever you want, shoot from half court, because that was not normal back in like two thousand nine. 
Yeah, and then Mark Jackson came in and he just like instilled belief into him and Clay. Mark Slash. You're the best shooting backcourt ever. Everybody gave him crap for that, and it's just like, yeah. He was actually right. Go figure. No, nah, he did he was not the Warriors coach in seventy four. Okay. What did, but he he led he was oh he coached the run TMC era. Yeah. He did. He coached the Bucks in seventy six to eighty eight. The Warriors. And do, I mean, do you guys even care? <laughs> Sorry. I live in the Bay Area, so it comes up a lot. But Donnie, Donnie Nell. It's Nelly, dude. Nelly, yeah. Nelly Furtado. Nelly, Furta- Nelly Furtado was at, they had this thing called Portola Fest in San Francisco. It's like mm-hmm. a stupid little music festival. They always have like music festivals and places. But they had, they had a music festival in Sacramento. Yeah, Aftershock. Show. Aftershock. They had like Guns N' Roses. My point exactly. There's, it's not that exciting. Uh, but they had Nelly Furtado there. And I had a friend who went, like, Nelly Furtado's fucking hot. <laughs> she's, like, old now. She's, like, she's a MILF, dude. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about basketball. Yeah. That. Okay, let's start. Let's start. What's our, what's well, our obviously, one? The, the big news, I think, right now is, well, we finished last week because Mike Brown in the first week of training camp kind of said something interesting. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to... I think he was asked about the starting lineup, and he was like, you know, um, I'm going to give the same starting group from last year the first crack at it, but if I need to make a change, I'll make a change. And there was really no indication that anything was going to happen right away, but it sparked up a conversation with us. We closed it out. We were kind of... We were like, eh, maybe Keegan Murray plays himself out. Maybe Harrison Barnes. In hindsight, none of those really make a lot of sense. <laughs> and one, the one that did make sense that we did kind of touch upon last kind of seems like it could materialize. Chris Duarte started over Kevin Herter. Now, obviously, Mike Brown has noted that he wants to like experiment with different groups and see how things are. And Obviously, Duarte played really well against the Lakers. Um, after the first few minutes where he continued looking lost, but then there was like a timeout and he came out, played great defense for the rest of the game, went perfect from the field, and then got the start with the starting lineup on Sunday against the Warriors. Looked really good again, and I think... You know, the Kings have started each of their preseason games with their starting lineups very well. But I think particularly against Golden State, they were really, really good. So as much as Mike Brown wants to say that it's just experimenting, there is a huge argument to make that Chris Duarte should start. Maybe they're, maybe that's not through and through perfect, but I think what is through and through perfect is that Duarte is a better two-way player. He's yeah. clearly a better defender. Yeah. And, I mean, Kevin Herter is a talented weak side defender. He made strides in that. was kind of like a model citizen in that regard for Mike Brown. Kind of coming over and squeezing from the weak side. Coming up with steals and interceptions and stuff like that. But on ball. He's not quick on his feet. He doesn't really play with his chest a whole lot. He's not super physical. And, you know, in terms of defending the pick and roll and the dribble handoff, which the Kings were apparently worst at last season. Bottom of the league. Kevin Herter... You know, as the two guard, I mean, Fox is a good defender. You know, mm-hmm. Kevin Herter's not. No. And Mike Brown was talking, you know, about because when he announced that Duarte was going to start on Sunday, you know, obviously that's not an indication of that's going to be happening on opening night. But it does raise the question of like, what does Herter have to do to secure that spot? And Mike Brown was very careful about not singling out Herter, but very clearly in talking about this, Herter's kind of the main culprit. Because think about the other guard. I mean, you can maybe throw Malik Monk in there. But think about the other guards, like Fox and Davion, great defenders and whatnot. But he was talking about how when you, you, a lot of times guys don't get physical or skinny up, as he put it, to go through the screen. They go around, and all of a sudden they're chasing. Sabonis has to step up, and now you're playing four-on-five basketball. And you'd see that a lot. You'd see the Kings scramble. And you'd hear Katie Christensen go, that's a really good scramble. And it's like, they shouldn't be scrambling. <laughs> yeah. They can't scramble every other possession defensively. Like That's not sustainable at all. I know that that's her job. I get that. But it's just like, no, you can't be doing that. And you know, talking about Davion and Fox, Mike Brown put Duarte in the same group as them. He said that Fox, Davion, and Duarte have been so good at playing physically, at getting through screens and, and, and getting up into the ball with their chest and defending the pick and roll and the DHO. And basically, uh, outside of that first preseason game and the first part of that Lakers game, he's looked awesome. I mean, he, he, it's so clear. So many instances where he looked awesome. He made Clay Thompson, I think Clay hit a tough shot over him, but he yeah. forced three misses on Clay, made him work. And 
I think when Kevin Herter came in uh, midway through the first quarter for him and took Clay, I think he fouled him on like his first defensive possession. And Mike Brown said after the game that he wasn't too worried about Herter's fouls because I think he had three early fouls. He said they were like products of good effort, but. Yeah, I mean, like it's on full display that that Chris Duarte is a way better defender than Kevin Herter. He's a way better two-way player, and right now he's shooting better than Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's shooting eighteen percent in the preseason right now. Yeah, I think if I have it here, he's shooting three of sixteen, while Duarte is four of ten. So that's eighteen percent versus forty percent. Small sample, so, so, from sample size. Just in the, the three preseason games. Again, from the free three, from point, three point line. line. Yeah. Dang, Curtis put up sixteen in three games. Yeah. He put up he put up he was one for five on Sunday. Jeez. And Duarte was one for one. Yeah. And I think he was two for two in uh Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. So he went what six for six or something? Yeah. Four for four. And yeah, I don't know. Duarte has really made that interesting and you know, Mike Brown said I think on Saturday, he said, you know, I'll consider anything when it comes to lineups and rotations and stuff. And Chris Duarte has certainly given him a lot to consider. Yeah. So. I just, I mean, I don't see it happening, like, game one. I just, you know, Herter was a big part of this team last year. Uh, their success, even though, you know, really outside of the first couple months and after the All-Star break, he was, I mean, streaky from three. He still found ways to contribute passing and scoring, you know, inside the three-point line. But, mm-hmm. I mean, his defense... Yeah, it wasn't the best last year either, at least on ball. So, like I said, I think Herter... I, I really don't see Herter not starting opening day. Yeah. Or even, like, the first five games. But Brown I mean, said he's going to give give the same starting five the, the first shot, so I would think he'd be a man of the Yeah. So, Duarte, I don't know. I, I could see him... I don't know. It'd be hard not to start Herter. He's fourth yeah. highest paid guy we were talking about. Like, if you take him out, I don't really want him coming off the bench. Yeah. Because then he, he would be backing at Barnes at that point. Because mm-hmm. you, he, you, Malik Monk's your sixth man for the mm-hmm. shooting guard. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd be nervous. I'd rather have Duarte come off the bench and back I, up Barnes. I think Duarte is a little better at self-creation than Herter. Because I think Herter tried to create a few shots for himself. I think he got to a spot, hit a mid-range. But there were a couple times where he tried to get in that float game without using the two-man game as a bonus. Which is another argument that you could make for why you know, Herter should start. He really depends. When he wasn't shooting the three, the reason he kept scoring 12, 13, 14 points a game was the two-man game. Getting mm-hmm. to the line, getting layups and whatnot. You saw his facilitation. He'd get like three or four assists at a few games in February and March. He'd get like seven, eight sometimes too. Yeah, and obviously Duarte is going to... I mean, we haven't even seen the full effects of it. I think they're still working back into the two-man game, him and Domas. But in terms of self-creation, coming off the bench and finding a way to get in there... I mean, I think Duarte's better suited to come off the bench. I think mm-hmm. that could mean that Duarte plays more minutes than him. But it could, and Duarte has a rapport with Sabonis. They were in Indiana together before Sabonis got traded over to Sac. So, and I think like he shot pretty well off the uh, Sabonis passes. I think it was like forty percent from three or so. Yeah. So I mean, he he has a connection with Sabonis as well, which mm-hmm. is you know important to know. We're talking about Herder being so good. At the DHO game with him, but I mean, mm-hmm. Dark Day doesn't seem far behind. Again, it's been a year and a half since that happened. But true, they only played a half season together. Yeah, exactly. It, that's true too. Not very long, yeah. but I don't know. I'm excited for Duarte. I thought it was such a nice little like pickup. He had that bad game against the Raptors, but I mean, I, I, I neglected to mention it when we talked about it on after that Raptors game. But he hadn't played basketball like live basketball in over 200 days. That's true. So it's like you're coming up on like two thirds of a year. Yeah, basically. yeah. And it's like okay, I should have given him a little more credit. Obviously, he worked his way back, um, but I'm excited over him. Yeah, because I man, like that's a bonus trade. He's like Duarte's off limits, and we get him for. A second rounder? Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's not quite like getting Kessler Edwards for David Michino, but... <laughs> David Michino, the legend. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing is, is like if Herter... Again, it's just like Duarte... You can make the argument Duarte is the better two-way player. He's, I mean, he is the better two-way player. He's a better defender. You can make the argument that he should play more minutes than Herter, maybe. But it's like, I feel like once you put Herter on the bench, 
now like what's your use for him because yeah. they've been playing Lyles and Fizenkov kind of they've been playing the four and the three a little bit obviously Lyles plays the five as well but they've been guarding small forwards a little bit the versatility is there and it's just like Herder guarding bigger forwards or wings I guess I mean, he, we're talking about him being a bad on-ball defender because he's not physical enough. He's not going to be physical enough to guard, you know, those guys. You're putting him in a position where now he's, I would make the argument where if you have him coming off the bench, he's the 10th guy. He's not the ninth or 8th guy. Yeah, You know fair. what I mean? And it's just like fourth highest paid player. If you get into a situation like that, you might see Kevin Herter get moved because... Oh, yeah. Because people are going to want that shooting, obviously. And if they're going to start him and make him a central part of the offense, then... That's the way that's going to be. I think the Kings have to keep that in mind, and they know that. And at the end of the day, like I said, Duarte is more adaptable. I think he, he would do better off the bench. He could play more minutes off mm-hmm. the bench, but I think... And he just doesn't have that role. Like, Herter, imagine taking Herter, your starting shooting guard all year, and putting him to the bench. Yeah. It, it, it'd almost be like Holmesy and that guy. Yeah, a little it, bit. It'd just be like, he'd probably just not want to be there It's almost anymore. worse, because Holmes didn't really make an effort to adjust his style of play to fit. Yeah. He saw Chemezi Metu and Alex Len kind of try. Yeah. And Holmes was just kind of complacent. Yeah. He seemed content with just not having a just role. Just making 11 mil a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's, that's what would happen to Herder. He'd be like, all right, well... Yeah. I mean, I think he has a better attitude about it. Like, ask how Herter took it. Herter took it well. And Mike Brown was making it clear that it's not just a message to Herter that he's got to be better. He's saying that there's a lot of guys that need to play more physical, get up into the ball, fight through screens and all that stuff. It's it's more of a, a challenge at large. But, I mean, if Herter doesn't get better there, then, again, Duarte's putting him in a position. But, you know, after Sunday's game, he said Herter, you know, was better. At, at defending and he, maybe he was I don't know if that really stood out uh, after watching it once <laughs> but it's like of all the possibilities of Herder losing the starting lineup starting job to Duarte or whatever I mean uh, equal possibility is that Herder makes enough strides to preserve it and I think with that challenge with the kind of attitude uh, that, that Herder has which is better than other past guys that maybe have lost jobs under Mike Brown or under this team I guess in the recent past I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and, I mean, he's not going to put himself in a position where he's going to be better than Duarte on defense, but he, you know, with his shooting, which he's arguably the best shooter on the team, it's either, I mean, Keegan Murray, I think, in my opinion, is better. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, but it's like gr- one of the greatest shooters in the league, easily, three-point contest contestant, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> if he just improves it enough, if he gets a baseline where he's a little more average there, you know, it can happen. So it's just interesting to see a lot to talk about with that it's not something it's not something i anticipated like when brown said that in in the first week of uh training camp where he's like i'll make a hard decision if i have to i was like huh that's weird yeah never have thought of changing the starting lineup one of the most efficient starting lineups the lineup that played the most together in the whole league yeah i don't know we'll have to see (laughs) yeah and you know who knows what's gonna happen i mean the kings are very fortunate last year not catching any injuries but i mean herder or barnes who were pretty healthy last year i think i don't know i'm trying to think of how many games herder missed i think well he had like that knee injury yeah i think he i think he played like 76 or 77 yeah he and he played a lot so it's like and talking about injuries the guy that's injury prone is chris duarte he played 45 (laughs) games last season (laughs) so it's just like even if Herter loses a starting job, I mean, he's probably going to start more often than not. Yeah. I can't, I don't know. I just don't see, I can't, I just can't imagine Herter off the bench. Yeah. I think, I, unless I think he's really, really bad. If he doesn't get better, I think if you get five games into the season, it's just like, or maybe 10 games, because they play the five game segments that they like to focus on. I wouldn't be surprised if after 10 or 15 games, maybe they make a change, but he'd have to make no improvements. And I don't see that happening. I think he will make improvements. Yeah. I think if he continues to improve, Mike Brown always said, you know, Fox and Sabonis are my guys, but Monk and Herter are kind of my second tier. I don't worry about them so much as long as they're putting in the work. If Herter continues to put in the work, he probably won't lose it outright. Um, he'll make it interesting if he doesn't get better, but I can't imagine Herter just giving up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, when's he up for another contract extension? I don't know. I think he signed one like the year before we traded for him. Right. So I think he. I think it was a four-year deal. So I think okay. he's on the books for this year and next at least. Because mm-hmm. basketball is usually four to five, right? 
Yeah. Are you so. allowed to sign over that? Like, why is baseball like twelve year contracts? Uh, base. Well, baseball always had way more money to play with. That's true. They were like the highest. Well, they still are the highest paid. It's weird. Are they? No, I think basketball. Ba- is oh, basketball now. overtook with like the new CBA a couple of years ago. Yeah, like fifty mil. I don't know, but I mean, quarterbacks now make a ton of money too. I mean, they Damn. always kind of did, but now like Daniel Jones is making like forty mil a year. Daniel Jones is making forty mil a year. It's like, yeah, he's a starting quarterback, but it's like, come on, <laughs> it, you could draft a guy in the last pick of the draft and get lucky. You know? Exactly, have him on a rookie deal for like five years or whatever. That kind of sucks though, because it's like Purdy's put himself in a position to be like arguably a top 10 quarterback in the league this season it's like he's the lowest paid quarterback yeah <laughs> it's crazy like, oh sorry brock sorry brock <laughs> and then shanahan's gonna get his arm hurt before he's due for another extension because <laughs> i don't, I don't think he's due for an extension until after next season so that's a lot of time for shanahan to get him hurt <laughs> but you know sticking to king's basketball again, yes one of the things that we talked about coming into training camp, well, because we, we posed questions for every player at camp, uh, minus like Jalen Noel, <laughs> Chance Comanche, <laughs> who I don't even think we've seen. I think he got cut. Oh, he did? I With think Chance, no, Deontay Burton. Burton, yeah. Burton. Burton and Comanche got waved. Well, they'll be they'll be with the two the, the Stockton Kings, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. What about Lamb? He just... I love how we're like we were like, hey, they signed Lamb. That's a you know a nice veteran piece that could maybe take the 15th spot on the roster. And he gets cut after one preseason game. I mean, he looked like I mean he hasn't played a whole. He was out all of last season. Didn't he, no. He just didn't get signed. And no, and he's just old. He was like a lottery pick too. Crazy by OKC, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Where, where did he go to school? I have no idea. Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Well, that well, that was a nice experiment. But we we, uh, we posed questions for every player and at the beginning of training camp. And the question for DeMontis Sabonis after the playoff series that you know everybody witnessed against the Warriors was, is he going to be more comfortable and more successful at taking shots when challenged to do so? And lo and behold, they're playing the Warriors on Sunday. And they kind of gave him a little bit of the same you know, treatment. And he hit two threes. He hit a turnaround fadeaway jumper. I think he's three of four overall outside the paint. And it's just like he was in rhythm. Against the team that exactly. stifled him. Yeah. yeah. And he, he looked in rhythm. He was he didn't hesitate. And he, again, went three of four on those jumpers. And I think he had a couple of little floats in the paint in the close range, which, I mean, aren't jump shots necessarily, but kind of the same idea. Yeah, as I opposed mean, to putting the ball on the floor and trying to get in there. To maybe create or get something at the rim. I mean, that is a great sign. We talked about that whole thing. Like, well, if he's going to do that, it's going to come more into play in the playoffs. But it's like, if he starts hitting jumpers... Again, he shot 37% from three. He was pretty good from their mid-range. You know, above average from mid-range shots. Just real low volume. If he kicks that volume up a little bit, that DHO game, they're going to... they're you know. It's going to open things up for either spray threes or cutters and stuff like that. You get so many other working parts at that point if he's a danger, if he's really a threat to hit threes. And also, you know, with Fox being a better three-point shooter, it's just like, well, now you have five shooters. That's scary. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to lean on that, but it's like, you take this away, well, that's going to be there. You have an answer. You have so many more answers. You're so much. The offense is diversified. It's versatile. It's scary. And we talk about like, well, how can one of the best offenses in history improve? You know, you can maybe say like, well, you get a little bit more out of like more consistency out of guys like Barnes, Herder, and Monk. But it's like the, the it feels like the main answer for them if they are going to improve offensively, which isn't necessary as much as the defensive end, obviously, but. It'd still be nice. You always want overall improvement. It's going to come from three-point shooting and just jump shooting ability from Sabonis. And obviously not a ton. You don't want him to like change his game to become like standing in the corner or anything like that. That's not going to happen. No. But it's just like, again, when he's up at the top and you've got a DHO, if, if teams are like the Warriors and they're just doing a great job of just disrupting that and getting hands in there and preventing any of that stuff, you just kick it out, pop it back to him. And then he can either shoot it or all of a sudden someone's got to close out on him. Then there's a cutter or you can get another three. You can swing it over. There's all sorts of things that can happen. It just, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. And 
hey, it's like he uh, listened to us. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like he hadn't worked on it all. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I got to get on that. I got to get on that. They're right. They're right. I got to do that. He talks a little fast. I think Sabonis, I mean, I think he went into Sunday's game trying to prove a point, especially against the Warriors. Like, I can shoot the ball. But what I noticed, like, what was different, not, not really with his jump shot, but, like, I was kind of thinking about it because the jump shots he was missing in the playoffs – he had the ball at the key, and then, like, Looney backed off, and he was kind of, like, looking. He's like, well, I guess I'll just shoot. Mm-hmm. And this game, he was just like, I'm shooting. Like, yeah. this is my first option. And I think that's that. That's what was different. Mm-hmm. And no it hesitation. was different. But, it, yeah, it was the no hesitation, not just like, oh, I guess I have to shoot now. Yeah. And I just feel like it kind of takes you out of your rhythm. You don't really have a rhythm. That wasn't your first option. So, I mean, I kind of want to see him do more of that. Like, if he's open, just shoot. Like, mm-hmm. that should be a first option now, mm-hmm. if you can shoot it like that. Yeah. And then maybe those ones where it's, like, a second or third option where you're not really feeling it. And it's like, oh, I guess I'll shoot it. You know, he'll probably be better at those going forward if yeah. he's shooting the ball more. Because, I mean, he looked really good. Even on that three, mm-hmm. that was, I think, Wiggins or someone or, I don't know, some guy was closing him out. He just knocked it down. A hand coming in his face. I feel like usually his threes were like, I ah, just take his Sabonis. Yeah. But, I mean, he just... He laced it. Yeah. So I would like to see him just be more aggressive with that jumper. Really have that in the arsenal. Not mm-hmm. just like, ah, I'm open, I'll take it. Like, no, like that, it should be mm-hmm. like a top play for him at least. Yeah. Shouldn't be just in the back pocket. It's like, hey. Exactly. No, it's like, I can hit a jumper. The whole offense it. is read and react. And one of the reactions of God is just be that no hesitation shot. Yeah. Definitely. Like, like the Holmes' saying. push shot almost. Yeah. Just take it. It's open. Take it. You're yeah. hitting, he's a good jump shooter. I mean, it was just the playoffs, really. Yeah. Which is a bummer, but, I mean, other than that, he was great. Yeah. It's just like he hadn't had as many opportunities. Like you said, it was just like whenever he shot during the regular season, it was like, oh, okay. Like, this is the shot now because nobody's near you. Yeah. Like, whatever. And he kind of, like, sized it up and hit it. And then there was so much hesitation and discomfort against the Warriors. And, I mean, that, it's a preseason game. But there was Looney. They were kind of playing him the same way. That was just fantastic. Just what you want to see. Yeah. Again, it's like he's reading the, the, the publication. <laughs> it's like he's watching our YouTube videos. He probably, he's probably one of our 466 subscribers. 467 after your wife subscribed? Yes, you're right. I did. After six months. Yeah. <laughs> after a year. I had to corner her. I'd be like, hey, subscribe. I don't care if you have to sign in. Do it. In fact, if you're all listening out there, it doesn't cost yes. you anything. It, in fact, it's only, it's it's a, it's it's almost charity. You could probably write it off on your taxes. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to our YouTube channel; it would really help us out. Even if you don't like us, if you want to do it out of spite, please do it. Comment, tell us we're dumb. I love it. Yeah, although people haven't really been doing that. People have been really nice. Yeah, you guys got nicer. <laughs> Some people were mean. I think we got better. <laughs> I think we got a lot better. I think people just like the banter for the first twenty minutes. I mean, it's it's a niche audience. It's probably a cult following, but yeah. yeah. Tony and John, we're just gonna. We're like, not quite Carmichael Dave or anything like that, but Carmichael Dave, dude. Rancho Cordova, Tony. <laughs> Rancho Tone. Rancho Tone. Yeah, that wouldn't be so bad. Well, I you know another thing I guess coming from preseason, he's only played two preseason games. He missed the second one, I think, with a sore thumb. Got it knocked in practice, but he's all good. Keegan Murray. Uh, we, you know, we talk a lot about like what is he going to do with the ball in his hands? Is he going to play the three more? I think one of the things that's really going to be about his growth is the defensive growth. And Mike Brown's talked a lot about the fact that you can notice he's stronger on defense, and that's helped his physicality. He's had a few fouls here. He's had a few, you know, defensive moments where he hasn't looked so good, gets caught in the air or something like that. But in typical Keegan Murray fashion, it's a steady ascent at getting better, and. I've noticed that he is a lot better defensively. You know, I, it was obviously that Raptors game with the history of Barnes guarding Siakam. That made sense that Barnes was going to guard Siakam, and uh, I think Murray actually started on OG Ananobi. But you know, I think he he was guarding Wiggins on Sunday for a, at least for the first part of the game and at different points, and he looked good. He looked solid, and I think you know. I, if I remember correctly, last season, Mike Brown was like, yeah, the thing that's going to really make Keegan Murray great is he has the potential to be an excellent two-way player. And, you know, I don't know if the strides are enough to where he's going to be excellent defensively this season and be like that two-way player, but 
this is a first step. Maybe mm-hmm. by the end of the season, he can kind of get that. And then next season, really take that jump. Yeah. And I don't know. There's been a lot of just growth from him. Obviously, he's stronger. He knows the league a little better. And, you know, you just keep kind of turning that into, you know, in practice, you kind of keep doing the repetition. You just get better. And, I mean, he improves all the time. Mm-hmm. We saw that so much. It just seems like that is one of the... Maybe not. It's not as juicy of a conversation as the starting lineup. It's not as like exciting, I guess, as maybe the offense getting better. Everybody loves offense with Sabonis maybe hitting more jumpers. But Keegan Murray as a two-way player is one of the things that I think is slowly building up to becoming a reality. And it really feels real because of what he's been able to show so far in um, training camp. And I don't know. I mean, how far away do you think he is from being a two-way player? Do you think it's something that's just going to continue to get better? Or is he just a year away from it? Or and what have you seen? Um, I honestly, I don't watch defense. I don't pay attention to it as much as I probably should, like you do. <laughs> I just watch the ball. Yeah, yeah I, I call up Jordy Fernandez every week. I'm just a defensive guru. <laughs> I speak Spanish with him. He speaks Spanish. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think he can. Um, I think he can be that maybe not that guy but like be a really good defender this year like maybe later into the season maybe down the stretch in the playoffs yeah. i could really see him taking that step in the playoffs like yeah. oh shoot and then maybe next year like be like an og kind of guy maybe mm-hmm. not as good as, i mean yeah maybe not that good. maybe not that good but being like that three and d guy isn't well, that why og so coveted right now yeah and i'm not saying yeah one of, one of the things that is interesting about og ananobi is that he's like really good at like poking balls when he's long he's athletic he's all this stuff and i remember when we were watching when i was watching the raptors game because i was streaming it illegally i was watching the the toronto broadcast and they were talking about with uh darko i forgot the last name the new coach in toronto yeah his defensive system he wants og ananobi to not play super aggressive on defense he wants him to play more back play more positioning wise and play together as a team and I think Keegan Murray in that regard, I mean, when we saw his defensive strides in like December of last year, he was just playing as a, a team defender and being great. So it's just like, I think he already has that baseline of being able to contribute and be solid. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be a stopper necessarily, but just being just an absolute tool and weapon on defense as a group, as a collective group defensively, that could be huge. Because yeah. you see it, like, Fox is obviously a good point of attack, and you have Davion Mitchell off the bench. I always talk about how Sabonis is a super underrated defender. He's he's so good at positioning in, in that, just going vertical. He's, like, again, a model citizen at that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, you kind of work that into it. Just play the positioning, use your length, and use that newfound strength that he's developed. Yeah. And... I, mean, I, can, I can see him being a really good defender. Heck yeah. 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 And I feel like his body fluidity looks a little better, too. Mm-hmm. And I just think maybe that has to do with just maturing into your body or whatever. I don't know. You know, basketball players are always like, yeah, you know, I grew like 10 inches over the summer when I was like 16. Yeah. So it's just like they're always they're always kind of playing catch up with their body. Yeah. And he's what, 22? 22? 22. Yeah. Even 21. Was he 21 last year? Because he was a sophomore when he got drafted. Yeah. So I guess he would be 21. 21. 21, 22. 20? So, I don't know. No, I need to look But it's just like, hey, you know. There's that. I mean, we're seeing, like I said, that body fluidity looks a little bit better. He's growing into more strength in his body. It's just like, I mean, we haven't even seen Keegan Murray physically at his most developed. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh? So it's just like he is twenty. Again, the baseline of what we're seeing here in preseason, man. I mean, like that just gets me excited because we talk about that third star. If he's going to be a third star, it's not just going. It's not going to be him putting the ball on the floor and being a creator. I mean, that's going to be part of it, obviously. But even bigger is being that two way player. Yeah. Because Fox is kind of a two-way player. Sabonis, most people wouldn't agree he's a two-way player, but I think he's good enough on defense. Yeah. You know? I think he's, yeah. Despite I, not being a, you know, shot blocker or shot alterer, but... He can stay in front of his guy. Oh, I remember that first Grizzlies game. He had, like, so many moments where he'd just backpedal and go straight up on Morant. Mm-hmm. Morant would just flail, you know, do the John Morant thing, because he's just such a joy to watch, as everybody says. And I'm just like, what? I feel like Fox, the problem, his problem with defense, not... I, I didn't really see it as much last year, but I think the first years in the league with him is he he turned it on when he wanted to, and yeah. it was like, but then you would just wouldn't see it again. Yeah. So it's it, I think he's been a lot more consistent with yeah. his defensive pressure, and that makes sense. I mean, he's such a 
he plays with such great pace. He's like the fastest player in the league, and he does so much offensively. He's one of the most dangerous offensive players. You can't expect him to bring it all the time defensively. Fair. And that's why you do have Davion Mitchell. That's why you're going to see Davion and Fox play again together, probably even more this season. I mean, a lot depends on what Davion does. <laughs> yeah, see a shot. But I don't really want to spend too much time talking about Davion until we actually start seeing it into practice because just like I feel like Davion's we've been beating the dead horse with Davion Mitchell <laughs> this this preseason kind of period. But yeah, Keegan Murray defensively, I think man. Three stars, you know. I know. A I'm year away. Year you're in a year to year and a half away. Even me. even like you said, maybe even like come March, April. Yeah. You, know, you really start kind of seeing that kind of... It's almost like Clay. Shape. Remember Clay's second year when they yeah. made the playoffs? And he just really took over in the playoffs. Yeah. Everybody's like... I remember people were like, yeah, he's not a, he's not a good defender. But it's just like, you'd see... Mark Jackson was like, no, he's a great defender. We want him on the point of attack. And it's like, there's the argument of, like, you don't want Steph Curry to work so hard. It's like, no, no, no. Like, clearly, Clay's got the physical, like, assets that Steph Curry doesn't have. Yeah. And it's just being long and disruptive and playing with your chest... You could probably see that from Keegan Murray. Yeah. And people kept talking about, like, oh, Kevin is going to be the next Clay Thompson. It's like, mm, no. No. <laughs> He's never going to be that defender. I think Herter can get to being a pretty decent two-way player if his defense improves. But Keegan Murray can really kind of be more of that Clay Thompson-type mold. Long and strong. Long and strong. That's how we like it. <laughs> Long and strong. But... I guess, you know, those are kind of like the main topics that I've, I've kind of picked up on. Kind of some residual ones. We've talked a lot about whether Sasha Vizenkov is seeing that nine-man rotation or is he just kind of like the 10th guy, you know? And I think with each game, he's just shown that he's a little bit better. I think in the Lakers game, there were a few moments where like he closed out on a guy and then get beat defensively. I don't think you saw that as much against the Warriors. And then in terms of shooting, like, you know, that'll come up. I don't think he hit a three against the Warriors. But in terms of doing the little things, Vizenkov seems like every time there's a rebound opportunity, he's down there. He's mm-hmm. always fighting for a rebound. Offensive glass, defensive glass, he's always doing that. He had that tip-in, follow-up yeah. tip-in at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. He just does a lot of little things, and I think... His improvement game to game, and I think Mike Brown said this as well, is just like, you can see it. He's getting better. And one of the things that he said, Sasha Fizenkov, when he was asked about it, I think he talked to the media on Friday or Saturday. He was like, yeah, I really like practicing. <laughs> and I'm just like, I love that. I like, just love hearing that. He wants to get better. I mean, he's, since he came here from the introductory presser to his media day to other, like, talking you know instances of talking to reporters he's just like it's a challenge i know i have to get better all this stuff he's so level-headed and it, it, i think it's showing up in his improvement Gra- you know granted it's been little bit by little bit in terms of getting better but i don't know i like what we saw out of zinkov and i think because javel mcgee didn't play on sunday uh due to wrist soreness you know you could have seen uh, two things happen you could have seen alex lynn get more backup five minutes with lyles being the backup four as it were but no, they went with Lyles as the backup five, which a lot of people want to see because of that stretchability. And that gave Vizenkov that opportunity to play. And I just think that says something. I think mm-hmm. the coaches kind of feel like that's the alternative. It's either going to be McGee, and they're not going to go to Len, you know? Not mm-hmm. necessarily. Len's more of a backup to McGee if McGee gets hurt. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, like, I think there was a second there where people were like, well, Sasha Vizenkov might not. It might be a struggle for him to get into the rotation there. And there were some moments in the first two preseason games, again, where he gave up the middle or allowed guys to get by him and whatnot. Obviously, his recovery speed, he really has to push it, so he does set himself up to have guys blow by him when he's closing out, but slowly getting better. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to expect from him to start the season, but I wouldn't be surprised that, similar to Keegan Murray's just kind of improvements that we were talking about just a second ago, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, by January, February, Sasha Fasinkov is steady in the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lyles, because of that, just starts playing the five, backup five more. Yeah. And yeah, because Brown said that. He he didn't know if Sasha was going to have a... He, if he was going to be in the rotation to start off the year. Mm-hmm. I think Sasha's going to prove pretty quickly that he's going to he's gonna force Brown's hand. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it, too, is you you haven't just seen Lyles play the five. I mean, you've seen Lyles and Vizenkov play the three a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, 
the versatility, it's not obviously as like grand as some other guys on the team maybe, but it's just like, I mean, Trey Lyles is arguably the most versatile player. I mean, like he's the guy that no matter what position he's playing, he's going to be out there. He's going to be, you know, the seventh man, basically seventh or eighth. I mean, between him and Davion, I guess, but Sasha Vizenkov, I think he's just a little more confident in him these days. So it's been kind of nice to see, and it'll be interesting, I think, going into the last two preseason games just to see how much more he improves. Does that keep happening? So, Sasha, I love practicing Vizenkov. (laughs) We should just get a t-shirt on the side of his face that says, I love practicing. (laughs) I like practicing. I like it. He's like a kid. I'm like, oh, cool. I hated practicing when I was a kid. Yeah, I like practice. Big practice guy. I like the. I like practicing on my own though. <laughs> Do my own drills. You're a shooter. Yeah. You see Jimmer for dead over here. But yeah, and I guess one more thing I would say is, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's just like Colby Jones and Keon Ellis. Yeah, they look good. They they're obviously not going to be like solid rotation guys start to finish this season, but in terms of like stepping in. Those guys just look like natural role players. Mm-hmm. Keon's a better shooter than than Colby Jones. Obviously, Colby Jones really has a lot to show with his shooting. I think he went like 0-3 or 0-4 from 3 last night or on Sunday. But everything else he does in terms of doing the little things, in terms of playing with your chest, he's not super strong as a rook. Uh, he's definitely more of a perimeter player. He's not really a small forward, I think. But, I mean, in college he was great at navigating screens both in and around, going through, or even if he did have to chase, he was pretty good at getting back in front of his guy. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised that Mike Brown didn't put him in the same group as Fox, Davion, and Duarte, but Colby Jones has been really good at that. And, and Keon Ellis is such an active defender. I think he has such a good instinct. He, he kind of plays like a safety sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's read and react on defense, and he has a good nose for the ball. I just think both of those guys are, are, are just great in terms of like what you can look forward to, yeah, you know, Colby Jones in a season or two, Keon Ellis. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they give they convert Keon Ellis to a standard contract and give him that fifteenth spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's kind of earned it. It depends how much they want to continue developing him, continue him playing, because with that two way deal, he can play a lot more in the G League and continue to be good. But yeah, I mean, he's played in the G League. What that's. Uh, is he his second year or third year? This is his second year. Second year. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I had to think about that for a second. Yeah, I'm like, wait, is he a rookie last year or not? But, I mean, he played all of the G League, I mean, pretty much every G League game last season. He was one of the best players on the team with him and Nemus Keita. Nemus, yeah. Boston's prized. Nemus was really good. He was like second MVP voting or something. Yeah, he was, I think, arguably the best player in G League last season. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? But Keanu Crazy Ellis, how that doesn't translate. <laughs> it doesn't. Not at all. Not put anything past Kata. Kata could maybe do something with Boston. I don't know, but their new Fab Mellow. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, but good things come from Colby Jones and Keon Ellis. Uh, I, I like. I liked what I've seen out of those kids. So that's pretty good stuff. But I mean. From here, I mean, it's just like the last two preseason games. Do you have anything in mind for the last two preseason games that you're going to really focus in on? Um, it could be something we touched upon. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, I just want to see Herter improve, hit that shot, and I want to see Sabonis continue, continuing to shoot mid-rangers or even three-pointers. Yeah. And I'm, not not hesitate as like a first, second option. Mm-hmm. Like he's open. Like almost like Cousins. when like Cousins was a big mid-range yeah. guy. Like just shoot it if you're open. Because... It's a good look. Yeah. Eh, he should be taking it. He's good enough to be hitting those shots. Yeah. So it's good to see no hesitation there. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, Vizenkov. I think Herter is a good one, obviously. That's kind of a main topic right now. But, you know, at risk of beating the dead horse again, I want to see Davion Mitchell. I mean, like, we haven't seen a lot from three-point range. I think on Sunday he made a few cuts, and his size is such that he just got blocked on a few. I think Monk tried to throw him a lob. That's more Monk's fault than anything, and it's just like I want to see Davion kind of find more of an offensive groove, because we talk about his confidence. He got teed up in that Laker game, and yeah. I, I text you, I'm like, how many times does Davion get teed up? And you're like, never. 
in, in a preseason game, that's super odd. So that like almost kind of, that really kind of underlined that like his confidence and his swagger going up. If you're, you know, because we talked about when Harrison Barnes got his technical in like February or March. Yeah. It was like the first technical in like years. And it's like, oh, this is a sign of a guy that's fired up. He's mm-hmm. ready. He's happy to be playing basketball uh, or basketball that matters, I guess, at that time of year. So I want to see the significance of that. I want to see that backed up. I want to see what Davion can do. Obviously, he's going to get minutes defensively. Mike Brown's super happy with his defense. How could you not be? But I want to see, I want to see him. I want to see the fruit come out on the vine offensively. I want to see that happen. So that'll be kind of interesting to watch. I don't know if that can just he can make a bunch of strides in two preseason games, but that's another thing to kind of look for. Yeah. But yeah, not bad. No. No, not bad. Uh, 40 minutes on the Kings, 20 minutes on whatever we started off. It was 30 30. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed in a few things there. <laughs> we like, went back to the 49ers. Yeah, We're like, yeah, quarterbacks get paid a lot. Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, lowest played player in the. That is, that is very true. Yeah. But, you know, like John said, two preseason games left, about a week from opening night uh, against the Jazz in Salt Lake City. And. I guess we'll just see what these uh, these two preseason games hold for us. I don't know if a lot, but yeah, I'm ready for the. I'm really ready for the regular season. Like watching these games, like the, it's starting to get like uh, dark out earlier now and stuff. I'm like, I'm ready to like stay in, just yeah. not do anything after work. Yeah, I'm like I just want to watch the Kings at night. Yeah, it's so, the best. Yeah, so well, that's all I got. You got anything else that I think that covers basically the main stuff. So. I mean, we'll have more to talk about next week, kind of previewing the season. Yeah, preview the Maybe season. talk over-unders, get a little betting conversation, since that's kind of what sports talk is resorted to. Yeah. Just like, bet USA or whatever, like MGM Grand. Yeah, it's crazy. FanDuel. Yeah. Whatever. We need a sponsorship from those guys. Yeah, We've got a sports betting thing, we'll do it. I don't care. I'll <laughs> sacrifice my ethics and morals to support something that if I was a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old able to bet on sports, I'd probably lose all my money. <laughs> But, yeah, let's do it. It might be good for the kids. Yeah, hit us up. Sponsorships. Learn some money (laughs) management, children. Yeah. But, all right, I guess that's all we got today. Uh, I want to say, as always, until next time, have a good one.